Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda, and this is day six of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. The focus of today's prayer will be on judgment. In the first foundational prayers leading up to this, I had to lay the scriptural groundwork so that we pray from a place of revelation. The Bible says that there are those who have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge, so they go about trying to create their own righteousness or what they think is right, but it's not according to God's righteousness, what God says is right. For our prayers to have any power, they have to line up with the word of God. Therefore, we had to lay the foundations of humility, of seeking his face, of repentance. Oh, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. We had to bring the reality of urgency to drive us to that fervency and we had to lay the groundwork of righteousness because only the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man will avail much. And my word isn't going to change your mind on that, but God's word should. So we had to lay those foundations both scripturally and literally in the prayer. However, I do want you praying from a place of revelation and alignment with the scriptures because that's the only way our prayers are going to have any power. The Bible says that if we will pray anything according to his will, he will answer it. And many prayers have no effect because they're not prayed in alignment with his will. And his will is so laid out in scripture And so when we search the scriptures and the spirit, the spirit will bring to us all truth and show us how to pray in alignment with his will and unity of the spirit. So I want you praying from a place of divine revelation and alignment with the word and will of God. Because authority comes when the revelation comes. So now that the foundational prayers have been laid so that we can be effective intercessors, We have to understand the posture and the purpose of intercession. Use the term intercession and they think it just means that you're praying for somebody else. But biblically, that is not intercession. Actually, that's a petition. But the concept of intercession is something unique within the scriptures that actually only a very few through scriptures qualified for. To understand the posture of true intercession, you have to have the revelation of lamentations. Lamentations in the scripture is one of those books that nobody really cares to read because it's very woeful. It was a very dark place in Israel's history. It was a place when the nation of Israel was walking through judgment. The consequences of their sin and rebellion and constant disagreement with and disobedience to the word of God. But there is a purpose in the book of Lamentations. It's to show us the proper posture that a Christian should take when they see the church in a state of disarray, when they see their nation in a state of judgment, when they see wickedness on all sides, when they see hopelessness, when they see selfish in the leadership and corruption in the pulpit, 
when they're at this place where you could begin to get very angry at the situations around you, the true posture of a Christian should be lamentations. We should be lamenting over the state of the nation. We should be lamenting over the state of the church because the state of the nation is always a direct reflection of the state of the church. The word of God says that he gives us leaders according to our own lust. And the only time a nation starts straying is when the church stops praying and starts playing. So we have to take a level of responsibility and stop blaming others and start doing what the word of God says. We've got to cry out between the porch and the altar. We've got to weep before the Lord. We've got to stop throwing the parties, lifting up a false celebration and start lifting up a lamentation before the Lord. When the ministers of the Lord will weep and wail between the porch and the altar and cry out, O Lord, let not thine heritage fall into reproach at the hands of the heathen Lord, then he will pity his people. Then he will hear from heaven. Then he will come. When the people stop playing and start praying. The book of Lamentations is to show us that programs, performances, and personalities won't help a people that are facing judgment. Only humble, broken, fervent, repentant, lamenting prayer will. The word lament means to grieve as for the loss of a loved one or a family member. It's that broken, grieving, sincere, I don't care what's going on around me because I am in a state of mourning and what is happening to me right now is very real. We have to get to that place in the church where we quit playing games and trying to entertain ourselves and each other and trying to put on a performance and run into the next personality and start praying for the power of heaven to get humble before the Lord God Almighty and cry out for the lost to grab hold on eternity and act like we believe what the word of God says that there is judgment that there is hell that there is a consequence for those who do not submit to the will and word of God yes there is a time for singing yes there is a time for dancing yes there is a time for joy Ecclesiastes tells us there is a time and a season for everything But when a nation is facing judgment, when a people are lost in their sins, the Holy Spirit is not laughing. He is weeping between the porch and the altar and looking for those who will align themselves with the word of God by the leading of his spirit and do the same. The devil is laughing. The devil is mocking. The devil is celebrating because he sees a people so lost and confused and biblically illiterate that they don't even know what they're facing. When a people don't know the word of God, they do not know the God of the word and they will be deceived by the spirit of error. The word of God is our basis for discernment. The Bible says that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword and is able to divide even between the soul and the spirit and it is a discerner of the hearts of men. If you don't know the word of God, you will have no discernment and you will be deceived by the spirit of error, by counterfeits of the 
Holy Spirit by false manifestations. Remember that the Bible says that the Antichrist spirit moves in signs and lying wonders and the Antichrist is not coming to deceive the world. They are already deceived. He is coming to deceive the church and the Bible says that nearly everyone will wander after him. So many will be deceived because they have no discernment because they do not know the word. Therefore, they do not understand the character of God or the Holy Spirit. If it isn't holy, it isn't God. If it isn't driving you to holiness, if it isn't God, if it isn't driving you to sanctification, if it isn't pushing you further down that river of purity and that river of the Holy Spirit, if it isn't driving you and pushing you to be a witness unto the nations, if it isn't causing you to walk in the holiness and righteousness of God, It isn't the Holy Spirit because the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring forth a pure and spotless bride because when Jesus returns, he said, I'm coming back only for a pure and spotless bride. And it is the Holy Spirit's job to present that bride as such. Paul, speaking under the unction of the Holy Spirit, said, I am jealous over you with a godly jealous to espouse you unto Christ, a chaste bride. Those who are led of the Holy Spirit Their mission and mandate is to cause you to lay down compromise, to crucify the flesh, and to walk in the purity and power of the Holy Spirit. When that no longer becomes the focus of the church, the enemy creeps in unaware and people come out of alignment with the word and will of God. They begin to do what the Israelites did in the book of Judges. When it says that God was supposed to be their king, but every man did what was right in his own eyes, what felt right to him, what seemed right to him, not what God said was right. But it says there was no king in Israel. Such a sad statement because God was meant to be their king, but they would not submit themselves to the word and will of God. Therefore, they had no king. And when that happens, judgment falls. Because if you don't have a king protecting you, you're going to be overrun by the power of the enemy. Judgment is the consequences of our own actions when we trust in our own understanding. And when we see the state of the church and the nation coming to this, then we need to lament as for the grieving loss of a loved one, of a family member, because they are our family and they are being lost and they are facing judgment and there will be consequences for sin. There is always consequences for trusting in the statutes of our own imaginations. There's always consequences for walking in the counsel of our own wisdom. There is always consequences for not coming into alignment and agreement with the word and will of God because his will is good and it's right. In Joel 1.13, it says, Gird yourselves, lament, ye priests, howl, ye ministers, at the altar. This is the position that a true Christian needs to take in the face of judgment. Howl, ye ministers, at the altar. Come, lie all night in sackcloth, ye ministers of my God. For the meat offering and the drink offering is withholding from the house of our God. There's no more meat. There's no more drink. There's no more truth of the word. There's no more free flowing of the true manifestation of the Holy Spirit. 
Sanctify ye a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Not a celebration. A solemn assembly. Show him that you understand the severity of the situation. The desperation of the situation will cause activation when you truly get a revelation of what is coming or what has already come. Those who humble themselves and seek the Lord, he will give them that revelation in advance. But those who do not, they will not see it until they see it with their physical eyes. Sanctify a fast We'll cover this when we talk a little bit about fasting in the days to come. But fasting throughout scripture was always a sign of humbling oneself. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry unto the Lord. This is God's commission of what to do. In the face of judgment, fast, call a solemn assembly, not a celebration, a spirit of lamentation, a solemn assembly and gather them all into the house of the Lord and cry unto the Lord. Alas, for the day, the day of the Lord is at hand and as a destruction from the almighty shall it come is not the meat cut off before our eyes. Yea, joy and gladness is cut off from the house of our God. The proper response to judgment is not celebration, but lamentation. It's not dancing and singing. It's fasting and weeping. It's praying and repenting because only a humble return to righteousness will turn the tide of judgment. Now let me explain. And you're going to understand the purpose and the prayers that the Holy Spirit has already led us forth to. That was the position. This is the purpose. Every revival in history came because of an intercessor. Or intercessors. The word intercession means. The one who stands between. It is a person who is willing. To take the word of God seriously. And stand in between a person or a place and judgment. It's a person that is willing. To lay down all self, all glory, all flesh, and all pride. And walk in righteousness, in agreement, and in alignment with the word and will of God. That they might be in right standing with God. Humbled and repentant before the Lord. That they might be righteous before God. Because the word of God says that the righteous are not appointed unto wrath. Therefore, a righteous man or woman can stand in the way of wrath and be the one in between. God desires this because it is not his will that any should perish and he delights in mercy. But there are laws that have been spoken forth and he is just and he is perfect and he cannot and will not break his own laws. If he has spoken it, if he has decreed it, he must walk in alignment with it. But he has placed a clause that if there be an intercessor, if there be one selfless enough to stand in the middle and cry out for mercy for a people, then he can grant them their prayer. He can answer the prayer of the righteous because the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man availeth much and it will give him the opportunity to allow mercy one more time. And it really doesn't take that many righteous to stay judgment 
But when the church stops preaching the truth, the people stop believing the truth and they stop being the truth. They lose faith in the power of their Christ to make them righteous. Jesus took on our sin that we might be the righteousness of God. He made a way to cleanse, to atone. He gave us his Holy Spirit that we could hear the correction and direction and the leading of the Lord. That we might not walk in our own statutes, in our own understanding, but in all our ways let him direct our path. And be in right standing with the Lord. But we have to humble ourselves. We have to seek his face for that direction. We have to humble ourselves to walk in the things that he tells us to do. We have to repent and turn away from our evil ways. We have to walk away from sin in order to walk in righteousness. It can be done. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead rules and reigns in our mortal body, then we can mortify the flesh. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me in and of myself. I have no strength, no righteousness and no ability, but through the power of God, we can do all things. My God is stronger than the devil. My Jesus is stronger than the curse. The blood is stronger than sin. The Holy Spirit is stronger than temptation. There is no temptation that is not common unto every man. But the reason some fall to it and some don't is because God said, I make a way out of every temptation, but some do not humble themselves and seek me for it. But those who do are counted among the righteous. And if you are willing to repent and to walk in the statutes of his ways, you can be counted among the righteous and your very presence stays judgment we see this principle laid out from the very beginning in Genesis 18:22, when the Lord came to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and Abraham started to plead with the Lord. He stood in between the Lord and Sodom and Gomorrah because his family lived there. And he said, Oh Lord, it is not in your character to destroy the righteous with the wicked. If there be 50 in that city, would you not destroy it? And God said, of course not. I will not treat the righteous as I treat the wicked. And then he, sa he said, but there is not 50 righteous in that city. And so Abraham goes down and he asked him, what if there's 45? And God said, of course not. And what if there's 30? God said, no, I wouldn't destroy it. What if there's 20? He gets down to 10. If there's 10 righteous, God said, if there are 10 righteous, if there are 10 who are in right standing and walking in obedience... To my word and will, I will not destroy it for their sake. But he didn't go any lower than 10. And why? Because the New Testament lists Lot, Abraham's nephew, as a righteous man. So there was at least one righteous, but why did he not go lower than 10? Research shows that there were about 10,000 people in that city. And we know by other scriptures, which I, I don't have time to get into today, there is a biblical principle that if there be one righteous in thousand, it stays judgment. That means that if your city's population is 10,000, then all it needs is a little salt sprinkled through it, just 10 pieces to preserve the entire thing. If your little town is 3,000, it only takes three righteous. If your city is 100,000, that's got to wake us up, church. Why do you think America has lasted as long as it has? 
with the sin and the corruption and the blatant rebellion in the face of the living God because there is still some salt. But they're fast being turned by the culture and by complacency. And when complacency and compromise rules the church, the Holy Spirit departs and judgment falls. This is why it was so important to lay the foundational prayers that we have in the last few days so that there would be an understanding that if we can get a hundred people in a place of complete submission to God's will and obedience, it can turn the tide for a hundred thousand. That is a biblical principle that is laid out in the word of God and he will honor it. Because the righteous are not appointed unto wrath. So let this fan your fervency also. To drive you to the word of God. To learn the will of God. That you might get into right standing with God. And to take that truth out to others. Cause purity to turn the putrefaction that is on our cities. Our prayer, our mandate, our mission, and our witness, and our goal should be to bring more people into righteousness or right standing through humility, repentance, alignment with the word, and unity with the spirit. And that is what real revival is. That is why revival is the only thing that will stay judgment just like Nineveh. Nineveh was facing sure judgment and God sent a man in with the word of God and they had to choose to get into alignment with it. They had to put on sackcloth and ashes. They had to weep and wail and pray and fast and call a solemn assembly before the Lord and humble themselves and seek his face and show him that they truly believed his word and what he said and revival broke out through repentance that stayed the judgment that is the only thing that will turn a nation a city or a people so in this we see the marriage that there can be no revival without the intercessor and there can be no intercessor without a judgment to stand in the way of because he is the one who stands in between will it be you You might even say, you know, there was a lot of revivals in the early church without judgment. Friend, the outpouring at Pentecost happened because of the intercession that Christ made at Passover to stay the judgment that was pronounced by the prophet Malachi. The very last verses of the last prophet to live before the emergence of Christ. 400 years before Christ. He said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Jesus identified the fulfillment of this as John the Baptist, who came to prophetically pronounce the arrival of Christ. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Jesus came to take our judgment because a judgment decree had been pronounced because sin must be judged. The wages of sin is death. And it's not God's fault. A wage is something that we earn by our works. The wages of sin is death. 
curses or judgments. They are the consequences of our own decisions. Jesus came to stand in between us and this judgment. And it brought revival. Let us pray. God, we humble ourselves before you. We can't work our way out of this mess, Lord. The nation is in a dire state. The church is in a dire state. God, our cities are in a dire state. And the church is celebrating instead of lamenting. They're playing instead of praying. God, they're motivating instead of prostrating before you in reverence and in humility and in sincerity. God, I call forth a solemn assembly. I call forth prayer. I call forth intercessors who will lay down their self, who will lay down their entertainment, who will lay down their pride and their very life to weep between the porch and the altar, who will cry out in sincerity, in prayer and in fasting. Lord, I pray that you put the fasting mandate on the hearts that each one led by your spirit would seek you for the things that they ought to lay down to show their sincerity and faith in what you are speaking Lord and what you are willing to release God that you are the resurrector God that you are revival because you are the reviver that you can do what no man can do God but you're not going to do it for the glory of man you're going to do it for the glory of what's right which is you and your righteousness God God we're not crying out and asking you to come and take our side and make things the way we want it and make it right for us. God, we are humbling ourselves before you and saying today we choose to take your side because when judgment fell upon the Israelites in the wilderness, Moses drew that line in the sand and he gave us the pattern of how to escape it. He said, those who take God's side, cross the line and stand with me. And the Levites and the priests, they stood, they chose your side and the ground opened up and swallowed all the rest that decided to stand in what they thought was right, what they felt was right, what they wanted to be right. God, we have to come into alignment and agreement with your will and your word because it is is right not because you're a dictator not because you're controlling but because it is the truth you are the truth the way and the life and the truth won't change for us we have to change for it God we humble ourselves and come before you and say Lord I trust you I believe your word I believe your character I believe your righteousness I believe your faithfulness I believe your holiness and I believe in the power and the grace of of my God to cause me to walk therein because you live and dwell on the inside of me and I will follow your lead because as many as are led by your spirit they are the children of God but God I pray a revelation of it on more God send out a wave of truth God, call that solemn assembly, the prayer and the fasting, the weeping and the praying, God, to show a people that believe that you are who you are and that you say what you say 
and that we will be paid out the wages for the labors that we have worked in iniquity, that every worker of iniquity will receive their pay, their wage, their just reward, the thing that they earned for themselves, and you're not even pouring it out, God, but they earned it upon themselves. You're standing there offering the way of escape and saying, cross the line, stand with me, and you shall be safe because I will protect, I will honor, I will not pour judgment upon the righteous, but judgment will come for sin, for wickedness, but you create an ark, you make a way of escape, you say just come on my side and you'll be okay. God, we cry out for the lost and we grieve for them as for the lost of a family member. God, we cry out for the church that is deceived, God, as we would cry out for the loss of a family member. God, we cry out for the homeless and the drug addict. God, we cry out for the prostitute. God, we cry out for the destitute. God, we we cry out for the prisoner, God. We cry out for those who are bound by addiction, God. We cry out for those who are bound by offense, God. We cry out for those who have been deceived and blinded by the powers of this world that are led astray by the deceitfulness of riches, Lord, and the cares of this world that do not come to you in prayer and intercession and pleading and seeking and humility, Lord. Bring them into the revelation of the truth, God. We cry out for mercy. God, we ask for revival. We we ask for those who are willing to speak the truth, to not hide from the persecution that it will bring, to not hide from the enemy that it will stir up, the one that is willing to stand in between and take all the fiery darts of hell that are going to be thrown at them, but be willing to speak the truth of your word that, that one might believe it and receive it and come into right standing with you and turn the tithe for themselves, for their household and for their community. God, we pray for one willing to stand in between and open their mouth and deliver the word of the Lord, the word of righteousness, the word of truth that others might come into agreement with it because the enemy, he's sending out a multitude to speak the lie and there are multitudes coming into agreement with the lies. God, I pray for you to raise up a bold people that are willing to take the persecution, that are willing to take the backbiting and the slandering and the character kill and the attacks that come when they are willing to stand up and speak the truth that others might come into agreement with it because that is what brings revival that is what turns the tide that is what stays judgment the one that is willing to stand in between most times the one the very ones they're trying to save don't even want to hear it and they're attacking them for it and the world doesn't want to hear it and they're attacking them for it but let there be one selfless enough in selfless love to do it anyway god let there be more than one let there be an army A great and mighty end time army rising up, willing to declare the mighty works of God, to declare the truth of your word, to declare the power of your righteousness, to declare that you are holy and perfect and good, to declare that you are God and we are not and we are here to serve you. You are not here to serve us. Raise up a people, God, amongst the least of them, ones that do not bend the knee to Baal or to mammon but only to you, 
our king. God, you are king and you are our king and you are my king and you rule my heart and my life. And where I am, I represent you, an ambassador of Christ. And where our churches are, let them be embassies for the kingdom of heaven, where the power of heaven comes forth that is endorsed by the authority of heaven because we have spoken forth the decrees of heaven and not the decrees of men. God, I pray for divine revelation by the power of your Holy Spirit that the words that have been spoken today will penetrate the heart and sink into the mind that they would understand it with divine revelation to know what has been spoken and how it applies to them and through them to change the world around them. God, we thank you that you lay it out in your word what we need to do. We just have to humble ourselves, open it up, read it and believe it. We don't need to interpret it. We don't need to make it relevant. We need to believe it. It is the most relevant thing on the face of the earth. How dare people say they need to make the gospel relevant as if to say the words of God Almighty are not relevant to this people. What an insult in the face of an almighty God. Your words are tried. They are true. They are perfection. God, we ask that you remember your bride. We know that you love her. We know. We know that you are jealous over her with the jealousy of a husband. Oh God, remember your bride and purify her, Lord. Make a way for the truth to be brought, for her eyes to be opened, for her to be humbled before you, Lord, and cry out in mercy and repentance, God. Purify. Purify. God, save this people. God, we are crying out for one more wave of truth. There are so many that are deceived and don't even know that they're not walking in the truth. God, we pray that you bring us into truth by the leading of your spirit who leads all men into truth. If they are willing to humble themselves and seek you for it. Go God, wake the people up that they stop seeking men, that they stop seeking the TV, that they stop seeking the internet, that they stop seeking after personalities and that they start seeking you God personally that they get on their face before you and worship you in the beauty of holiness and cry out to you and say Holy Spirit come teach me by your spirit Jesus you teach me and that they open up your word and read and let your spirit bring revelation to their spirit and let them come into alignment and into agreement with it no matter how inconvenient or uncomfortable comfortable no matter how it crucifies the flesh no matter how much it hurts to let those things die let us come into alignment with your word because as our flesh dies our spirit comes alive and then you are able to endorse us and enforce the mandates of those words through us because we rightly represent you your word and your will God, help us to get into alignment with the destinies that you have for us that we not sell out like Esau. God, when Esther stood and she knew that her nation was facing true judgment, annihilation, your Holy Spirit spoke a word of prophecy to her through Mordecai. And he said, Esther, if you keep silent now, 
You and your father's house will be destroyed, but you were born for such a time as this. You were positioned and commissioned. You were born. This is your destiny. You were put here to speak the truth in such a time as this when it is needed to be spoken. But if you keep silent now, you will be destroyed and your father's house with you. God, that means she could have missed that destiny if she was not willing to stand and face even imminent death to speak forth the word of the Lord. She would have missed her placement, but this is the scariest thing. He said, I would, God will send somebody else to do it. You will pass the mantle. God, if somebody is not willing to stand in their place in destiny, your will is assured, but their place in it is not. God, I pray that you put an urgency in the hearts of the people that you have called for such a time as this. To rise up and take their place no matter what other people are saying. No matter what it will cost them. That they will rise up and take their place. And know that God is going to do something. And if they don't take their place in it, you're going to pass the mantle to somebody else who will. And Lord, you're still going to do what you've promised to do. But them and their house will not be part of it. Give us a revelation that shakes off the complacency that the lies of the enemy has bound the people with. Complacency leads to compromise and compromise leads to curses and curses or judgments. Let us lay the axe to the root God and shake off complacency. I would hate to stand before the Lord God Almighty on the day of judgment and see him hand somebody else my crown. And to say, this was meant for you. It's what I called you to do. But because of complacency or compromise or selfishness or comfort, you didn't do it. But they stepped up and did. The Bible says on the day of judgment that all the things of this world will burn up and be as ash. And we will have nothing but ash to offer our king. But those who did his will and walked in his statutes, they will have crowns to offer. God, we lament. God, we fast. God, we plead for mercy on behalf. Of a people undeserving. Nevertheless. You delight in mercy. And you seek for the intercessor. You said in your word. That you sought for a man. Who would make up the hedge. And stand in between. That judgment might be stayed from the land. But you didn't find it. And it grieved you. It says it displeased the Lord. That he found no intercessor. Lord, today I pray that you find intercessors. God, today I pray that true intercessors are being birthed now that are willing to lay it all down and say, Lord, I will fast. I will lament. I am among the solemn assembly. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.